broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. You're listening to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio is also proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit simplecast.com. Hi, welcome to The Leap, coming to you live from the Lion Hotel in Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Gordon. I own a small business, Gordy's Pickle Jar, and one of my favorite things about being a small business owner is talking with and learning from other entrepreneurs. And every Wednesday, I get to have these conversations on air by bringing together small business owners from a wide range of disciplines to share stories, wisdom, tips, and advice. You can listen to the show live every Wednesday at noon or anytime on fullserviceradio.org. On today's show, I'm super excited to chat with Bettina Stern, the co-founder of Chirp Chat 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 Chat, female-owned fast casual that offers seasonal plant-based tacos. Before Chaya's two-story place near the Georgetown waterfront opened in 2015, your best bet for finding these companies' plant-based tacos was waiting in what was for sure to be a long line at D.C. area farmers markets. The duo launched their popular farm-to-taco stand in 2013, creating delicious vegetarian tacos using homemade corn tortillas stuffed with local seasonal produce. Sometimes topped with Gordy's cilantro lime jalapenos. Woo-hoo. Welcome, Bettina. Hey, Sarah, one of my favorite local ladies. <laughs> um, so before we get into talking about all things Chaya, I wanted to talk to talk with you a little bit about the road that led you there. Um, were you working in the food space prior to Chaya? Yes, in the sense that my I've been I started a blog with a good friend who is now my business partner, Suzanne. And it was all about food. It was about cooking in the kitchen, giving um, home cooks the confidence to experiment, try new things, new ingredients, get healthy, feed their family, feed their friends. That led to partnerships with the farmer's market and some folks in town trying to make a difference. And that then led to being asked to participate in a restaurant startup competition and we used a concept that we had been doing in a in a farmers market series of classes an idea that we had based on cooking with foods in season and using the vehicle of a hand pressed hand griddled corn tortilla to to show off these delicious vegetables what, what business competition was that? It was a startup kitchen competition that uh, was begun by another local lady legend, Stacy Price. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And you, did you guys win? We did not. We, came, we, we were nominated top three. Um, we went up against an all-meat concept and another all-vegetarian concept that was not as fleshed out in terms of a business plan going in. I think we might have scared them a little bit. <laughs> we were quite ambitious in our in our business. The forethought that this was not a one-off concept, that we wanted to build something that was really going to make a, a big difference in first this city, uh, which, you know, we've watched it change in leaps and bounds in the last 10 years. Right. Um, you know, so so you so you and Suzanne were just seasonally cooking for many years together, first for fun, and then through a number of different 
iterative ideas. Uh, we were always ahead of our time. We'd started off with the thought that there was no good food in this town, and we wanted to bring fresh, good, real foods to a mobile vending operation. And at the time we wanted to do that, that was the first idea, there was a moratorium on food vending licenses. And the only things that were being sold on the streets were fake FBI and CIA caps. And we thought, well, no, no, we want to actually do a food truck like they're doing in a couple of other parts of the world and bring that to DC. Well, that was too much paperwork and rigmarole and we were not gonna enter a lottery. So then we thought, well, let's write about food. There's these new things called blogs. Let's start doing that. Again, we were a little ahead of our time and uh, didn't have, you know, didn't have the connections yet, the, the wherewithal, and it just kind of, the next iteration was this idea to start a restaurant and right. the city was starting to change and people's attitudes were starting to change. Um, shortly thereafter, you know, uh, you know, we had this amazing president and first lady behind this. We had Bittman and Poland and all these folks. So I don't know, the timing was right. We were riding that crest of a wave at the appropriate moment. Yeah, so you guys, so Fresh, um, fresh Farm Markets, um, did they ask you guys to do seasonal cooking, uh, like, demonstrations at so, the market? So what happened was when we were at this startup kitchen competition, there was a panel of about eight judges, and I stood in front of them and realized that out of the eight, I knew seven. Not necessarily very well, but I knew of them. I'd met them. We'd been around for a while. And... So there were connections that we'd made along the way. And also in the room were the two founders of Fresh Farm Markets, um, Ann and Bernie. And at the end of the evening, they came up to me and said, hey, this idea is perfect for our markets. And we're looking for more quick, delicious food to be you know, sold, already prepared and ready to go. And so we pointedly asked them um, in the deliberations that came that we wanted the f farmer's market at the White House because that was a m very mixed bag of people. It really was not your typical farmer's market crowd. It was people who go to work and right. get and, hungry. And want lunch and, yeah. <laughs> and it, want lunch. Right. And they, they, I often say they're, they're not your typical farmer's market person who's got a bunch of you know, a wad of cash in their pocket ready to spend. This yeah. is really somebody who's got, you know, 10 minutes to go out, get some food, and go back to their desk. So they plunked us down in front of the Veterans Administration building, a block from the White House, and within six weeks' time, we were being written about, and by the end of that first farmer's market season, we'd been named one of the top nine tastemakers in D.C. So we really recognized that we had a concept that had legs, and we right. could move forward to to creating a business plan, et cetera. So starting at the farmer's market was kind of a natural alignment for you guys. I mean, you, you know, to be part of a community that values fresh seasonal vegetables produced from local farmers was kind of what you guys were into, what you wanted to do. And so it, it just seemed like it was a, a great fit. Yeah, it was, you know, it was everything about it was kismet, right? Yeah. So yes, we produce foods from local seasonal vegetables. And we really needed to test the concept for a full year outside in our 10 by 10 foot tent, cooking off our griddle and warming up our foods right then and there to make sure that, that we really could do this concept with local foods all year round and that people would actually want to eat a creamy kale and potato taco or a roasted cauliflower taco. And they did. 
They did, yeah. They you did. guys had some long lines. Yeah. I would always, uh, when I was working the market, I would have to like, you know, sneak behind and be like, hey, is there any chance I could get a trio? Um, well, and also the partnerships, including the one we have with Gordy's Pickle Jar, you know, those are really, really important to us. And, you know, we have a predominance of female-owned businesses. We are not anti-men. Which is awesome. We are not necessarily anti-meat. I mean, I am an omnivorous, but I choose my foods carefully um, and mindfully. Uh, I eat a predominantly plant-based diet, but um, I'm, I'm not opposed to eating all foods. So how is your transition from, uh, you know, being at the farmer's market? So how you guys were at the farmer's market for over a year, right? Almost, well, Almost two years, right? Two years, yeah. actually. Um, and we started writing our business plan and looking toward trademarking our name and then finding investors. And, the and you know, the process, it takes, it takes a while. A yeah. I mean, we're negotiating the lease on our second brick and mortar, and we've been at it for eight months just negotiating a lease. So it takes time. Take, yeah. It takes time. So, um, what was that like kind of transitioning? Was it like an easy transition for you guys to go from like farmer's market to brick and mortar? I mean, you know, you had the concept, but like, I guess what was, how, what was it like? Like, what was your biggest challenge kind of migrating from a 10 by 10 stand to, you know, this beautiful building in Georgetown? It was hardly easy. It was not easy at all, but it was exciting. It has been an incredibly steep learning curve. We are doing everything for the first time and because we've been around a while and because we've learned to ask for help, we've really been guided and mentored by incredible advisors. And we've brought, you know, strategic investors in to help us. We, we are not shy about saying we don't understand something. And, you know, what has been so beautiful is that DC and the entrepreneurial community is actually really generous and forthright with you know, yeah, with super knowledge, collaborative and, super yeah. collaborative. I think people want to see you do well. They right. want to see you succeed. You know, of course we've got competition, yeah. but you know, it's not the same. No one's doing what we're doing. Right. And so, I mean, and the nice part about you guys supporting like so many women owned businesses and so many local businesses is that, you know, it's kind of this whole thing of, you know, if, if you guys succeed, we succeed because you're using our product and, you know, for the local farmers, you're using their produce. So it's, it's like, exactly. Yeah, um, kind of all in it together. We're all in it together. And I think a lot of us are trying to make a difference, whether it's in our, you know, sourcing practices or how we collaborate with our team members or, you know, just what we're putting on the table. I mean, we're trying, we, we like to say we're trying to, you know, we're changing the world one taco at a time. We're trying to get folks to eat more vegetables. We're not telling you not to, not to do anything else, but just eat more vegetables. Your mama would have told you to do that. So you're doing a good job at it. <laughs> we're eating a lot of tacos. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about like, what's it, what was it like, um, raising capital, like, you know, two women out there trying to get, you know, raise funds for this, you know, social enterprise kind of this triple bottom line business. Um, how, how was that? Uh, you know, again, part of that learning curve, it was scary, 
But surprisingly, the first go-round, we did it really quickly. I think we had proven this concept and that people wanted it, and we were introduced by um, by actually our former employee, who is another uh, f- uh, full-service radio host here, Ariel Pasternak from Pineapple, D.C., introduced us to an old friend of hers who who introduced us to some folks in his organization. And we ended up bringing these five men in as our first investors along with friends and family. And I think each and every one of them from the, from the mom and pop to the, these really strategic guys um, from private equity, they really saw the passion that Suzanne and I had to do this concept. And it took almost, I mean, we did it so quickly. It's, 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 Oh, that's amazing. It you was guys astounding, lucky, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, you also have a great concept. It was a little harder this second time. Plus, we were raising, uh, you know, more money. Significantly yeah. more money. And, right. Um, so, I mean, is this like, did they kind of, it was just kind of like you got the money and were able to make decisions and do your things? Like, it's, it was. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's actually still the same, the same, you know, gig. Uh, at some point, that, that will likely, you know, alter. But, yeah, I think that this group of investors really believed that in order for us to build the business that was going to be successful, we had to it had to come from us. You know, we know this business, we understand exactly where we're trying to go with it and we are trying to grow with it mindfully, albeit. You know, we don't want to grow so quickly that we lose what we've got behind us and we don't want to grow slowly so that somebody passes us by. You know, somebody else could come along and make vegetarian right. tacos. They wouldn't be Chaya's tacos, but they might be more efficient. Right. Um, so, I mean, you guys are kind of like the only um, fast, casual, plant-based, like, taco concept well, currently, that I, right? That, yeah. that, that we know of. Or aware of um, yeah. and, and one of the only, you know, all vegetable, we are, you know, vegan-friendly uh, we can take dairy products off of our tacos. We try to pair all of our tacos that are vegan with, a, you know, the sauces and garnishes and toppings that make them, you know, equally as delicious. And so, no, I don't think there's there's anyone else doing what we're doing anywhere. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it definitely gives you a step ahead to yeah to soar an edge. Um, yep. Um, so, kind of what were like, what was it like to you know, I guess kind of to get into the brick and mortar and like go forth. Um, Goliath. I mean, it was, here we are, we going into this 1400 square foot space. That's a lot. uh, That's a lot more than a 10 by 10 foot tent, which is beautiful. I'm so (laughs) glad to see, you know, when I first saw that you get, that was the building that you guys were going into. It's this this gorgeous building on Georgetown's waterfront that just is so stunning. Um, and a perfect fit for you guys. Well, we, we fought for that space. We, we had seen it. It is a little standalone building along the canal on a little one-way street going the wrong way. <laughs> it is gambrel roof, so it's like a barn. And we walked in these big wooden doors into this workshop that had been in the same family for three generations, owned by the, the grandson of the original builder. And just kind of took our breath away and we made a bid on it and we lost because apparently some national chain was interested and I was devastated I thought you know we're never going to find a space like this again that just 
screams our brand. And so we, I went to the paper source and I bought a beautiful handmade uh, photo album, a scrapbook album, and I took all the press and all the things that had been written about us and we had a friend work on some, some mock-ups of what the space could potentially look like, you know, we were thinking in our head, and put together this scrapbook design idea for our lessor and hand-delivered it, wrapped in, you know, raffia and, oh, wow. and paper. And you know what? A week later, he called and said, hey... I want to talk to you guys again. That's amazing. So who could think that that would ever yeah, happen in commercial, <laughs> in commercial real estate? But, you know, we made All it you work. need is a scrapbook, guys. A scrapbook of goods. Yeah. Um, That's not the case in the yeah, second right. lease. But we're really excited about the second, le- the second space we're going into. But it's very different than what we've got uh, already on record. So. Right. so so then you just started to get... You got the lease. You, you guys drawings everything to get into the space and then you started to hire your your team some of all which you already had from like being at the farmer's market for a few years yeah so our general manager danielle is fantastic and she's been with us for over three years she worked the markets with us and we were actually just talking yesterday at our team meeting how it's really nice that we we still actually have employees that date back to those days and we have some that are returning to us. That's really great, yeah. And they, you know, to, to have somebody who goes back and knows the DNA and the early, you know, the early kernels of our idea, our little micro, our little micro tent operation. It's really, because <laughs> that's what we're rooted in, you know. We're rooted in that farm-driven, face-to-face, handmade concept. Yeah, so, that, so then the people just, you know, the people just kind of started pouring in after you got... They Got did. It, yeah, they which did. Is really amazing. Yeah, we've had, we have two years under our belt and moving into year three, and it has been a steady climb, and it, you know, it's exciting. Yeah, the shops, the shops looking a little worn right now. I've Got to get in there with, with our paintbrush and our handy, handy <laughs> tools and, and take some stuff. Yeah. yeah um, well, and also like I feel like that street that you guys are on, Gray Street, is just kind of like blowing up, right? I mean. It is, it's precious. Yeah. It's special, yeah. Well, the, the, the whole concept, there was like a Union Market-esque type place, right? What's that called? It's called Gray Street Collective. Okay, and yeah. they, there's That wasn't there when you guys first... No, it wasn't okay. there. We were not the first to go in on that street. Obviously, that street's had other concepts along the way in the space that was Dog Tag Bakery, which was on the street before we came in. We're directly across the street from them and, and, and right behind um, Patagonia. But after we came in, um, then the Gray Street Collective uh, started up, and you've got some, you know, a couple of little concepts in there doing sandwiches and acai bowls and coffee, and we've got a fine dining restaurant going in at the end of the alley, just straight out our door. We can see it. That's exciting, and... Uh, you know, we had some naysayers. Why are you going to Georgetown? That's an old sort of fuddy-duddy neighborhood and lots of, you know, chain shops. And we said, well, because that's why we're going there. They they need they something need- like that, us. And they need something affordable and healthy and and hip. And so we we just took a blind faith that this would work. A good leap. A good, a good leap. leap. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you guys work with, um, I mean, mostly local farmers, right? Yeah, so our, a predominance of our vegetables comes out of an organic growers cooperative, and that's a, a consortium of 12 to 15 different organic farmers, mostly Amish, 
mostly in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. And they deliver to us twice a week. Um, we are also working with another organic cooperative that we've begun to, you know, source from. And then some other local purveyors. We, you know, we have kind of a grid of, of best practices and best practices organic and local. And um, we try to, you know, stick with that as much as we can. There are times of the year where things get more challenging. You know, when they say April is the cruelest month, it's sort of true in terms of trying, you know, root vegetables are getting exhausted and there's nothing growing. There's nothing coming out of the ground except dark leafy greens. So you're relying on, uh, you're relying on Mother Nature. We have a couple of tacos on our menu all year round. That are like mainstay, right? They're our yeah. mainstay. We never take them off. And it's because we can source all year from them. You know, organic mushrooms are grown three, you know, 365. Right. And that's one of your guys' like signature tacos. Well, yeah, it's, it's one of our signature tacos. I like to call it our standard bearer. It's actually the, the simplest taco we make. We braise, you know, these delicious organic button mushrooms with extra virgin olive oil and, and domestic garlic. And, and then we top it with a roasted tomato and habanero salsa and creamy feta cheese and cilantro and it's pretty simple and it's pretty delicious yeah i'm a big fan of that one yeah um, i think what's that the mushroom and the potato are kind of the main the other one is the creamy kale and potato yeah it's a, yeah and the, i think those satisfy those those often satisfy the meat eaters too mm. because the mushroom has that umami flavor and the creamy kale and potato is definitely the heaviest yeah, of our tacos hearty. and yeah. Party, and it is the only item on our menu that cannot be made vegan. You know, we're not sacrificing our creme fraiche and heavy cream and, you know, roasted poblano peppers that go in that. Right. In that right. taco. Have, have you, has, um, has the co-op seen like, just like, it, it, I mean, are you guys making a big difference for the co-op? I would imagine that we are, they're very happy with our business. Right. We, we have, um, we also work with a hyper local farmer, um, the little wild things that the microgreens that yes that sources us our you know our our radish micros and we go through they top every single one of our tacos and they make it beautiful they add that extra oomph and we they. <laughs> We source a lot from them each week, so. Yeah, they make your tacos extra beautiful, too, Yeah, having yeah. that on top. Um, so kind of what advice would you give to others that want to take the leap on opening their own restaurant? Well, do your homework. Uh, definitely make sure you've done a lot of research on your, on your idea, on your concept. Uh, run your numbers. Consult, consult, consult. Talk to a lot of people, you know, Put yourself out there. So would you like advise them, obviously, to like, you know, kind of test the market? Um, so like by doing a pop-up or kind of like a longer stay thing at the farmer's market as you guys did? Um, Absolutely. So we, we popped up originally, and I feel like we were there together at some of those pop-ups before we ever got to the farmer's market. Um, but yes, that for us was was huge because we had this crazy esoteric idea to make seasonal vegetable tacos i mean what yeah it seemed like an odd idea and we weren't sure people were going to like it and so we that's 
another reason we set ourselves up at the farmer's market by the White House, because it wasn't your typical vegetable eating crowd or, or, you know, it wasn't a farmer's market crowd. And so we wanted to see if we could appeal to this city's diversity of color, age, gender, religion, you know, whatever it was. And so we set up that tent. We made our we made our ingredients and we convinced people just by having those smells, creating those flavors, getting those lines, getting those bigger lines, you know, and the buzz happened. But it was uh, absolutely that was for us incredibly important. Right. So you recommend that, you know, anyone kind of. Yeah. That you go out there and see if there's a desire and a demand for what you're making, especially if it's kind of weird. Right. Yeah. What other tips would you give them? Um, again, I mean, I, I can't iterate enough the idea of of trusting that your concept can't be stolen by someone necessarily, and that you should put yourself out there and and test it and get and get advice and talk to people smarter than you and hire people smarter than you and hire people that that complement your you know, shortcomings and build a team of people that, that you believe in and give them the responsibility to, to make decisions. And we're doing that now as we begin to scale up yet again. Um, we actually have a third iron in the fire. And so we are, there's a lot for us to be putting out there right now and planning for. So we're getting all of our systems in place as we grow. And I think we began to do that in our little, in our little, you know, start, starting phase as well, begin to put some systems in place to learn from to the building blocks. Right. Do you, do you feel like, um, like other people in the fast casual space have been like helpful for you, um, kind of like kava or and pizza or sweet green. Absolutely, they, yeah. all three of all three of those restaurants. Um, it's kind of nice to be in DC, and because I mean, there's just yeah, kind of. I mean, here's a boom. shout out. Yeah, here's a shout out to Brett and Michael and Nick because Amazing. each and every one of them has sat down with us for you know as much time as we needed at the moment, and I feel totally confident in sending a text or an email or shooting a you know shooting something over to any one of them and knowing that they're likely to give me a, a true answer and not feel threatened by us because we're not threatening we're you know we're we're partners in crime in all of this like let's make the world a better place that's great that's i mean that's you can't ask for more than that right I right mean, right um so if you had like an, an one more tip to give people, what would you, what would you? One more tip. One more tip. Ah, you know, if you've got an idea, be brave, be confident, go out there and 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 go for it. You know, I've got a twenty, nearly twenty-five-year-old son, and he wants to become an entrepreneur, and it's scary because he doesn't have the capital behind him, and he doesn't have the experience. But he, if he has the passion to do what he's discussing starting I believe he can make it happen so go out there and be brave and 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 do what you love because if you do what you love you'll do you'll be happy and it'll show yeah yeah I mean there's there's 
definitely a benefit to kind of being fearless and, and a bit naive. Um, yeah. When, when, when we started Gordy's, we just kind of went all in and, you know, just worked it out from there. Yeah, um, exactly. We had no experience in, in starting a business or any experience in, you know. And look at you. Starting a product. Having just so. won the Good Food Awards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was really great. Um, so what's your guys' like five-year, ten-year plan? You have, so you have another spot coming up fairly soon that you're negotiating a lease on we're hoping to uh we're hoping the doors to that will open up in the fall of 2018 um prior to that we've got a partnership that we're not announcing yet but that is uh would open up before that and then we have begun looking at third brick and mortar spaces and neighborhoods i think the five five to let's call it five-year plan is to open up to basically open up as much as we're going to open up in this region and and, and then, then kind of look beyond the and then DMV. look beyond yeah yeah and then look beyond the dmv do you already have like you already know kind of where where you want to go oh how about Kauai? that <laughs> 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 you were just there so you're yeah, yeah i was dreaming just there, up uh, yeah. oh yeah these veggie tacos would do great in uh in hanalei <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, thanks so much for coming out. Um, it was great to talk to you. I love seeing Chaya on the right side of change by creating a better food system, combining lo- local sourcing with good business practices. So kudos to you, uh, Bettina. Thanks, Sarah. For listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C., Full-service radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full-service radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at Full Service RDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.